0: Welcome to Matter of Fat. A body positive podcast with Midwest sensibilities. Hi, I'm Kat Palavoda, a local fat feminist shop owner. And I'm pleased to report that my meh mood has really turned around. In fact, I've honestly been in the greatest mood lately, and would love to disclose that I enjoyed an after 5 p.m. Tropical Red Bull in the dark. So no need for a pep check this time, people. We got it. I'm joined by my co-host and producer, Saraya Bogani. Hi, I'm Saraya. I'm a fat,
1: multiracial minneapolitan millennial who did not make the most of daylight savings time <laughs> and is still regretting missing that hour of sleep. And honestly, a tropical Red Bull. Mm, it's not my thing, but I'm not opposed to it. Dang, it, right it now. hits the spot. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> On Matter of Fat, we talk about the cultural politics of fat liberation with a Midwest perspective.
1: Yeah. In this episode, we talk unsurprisingly, but importantly, about being fat as a matter of fact have a conversation about the local fat community 20 years ago, and share our thoughts on shapewear in the Dirt and Discourse.
0: Oh, yeah. All that for you as, as a, a matter, matter of fact.
1: Okay, Kat. So I just finished a book that you referenced and referred me to. Which one? Oh, well, Which one? It's If the Shoe Fits by Julie Murphy. <sighs> It's a great it's one. Great, it's excellent. Did you listen to the audio book? You no, know I did. It was expertly narrated. Absolutely, and because by a plus size actress, Den Ponton, right? Yes. yes, 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 yes. It was fabulous, and I I consumed it very quickly. And I think what I loved the most about it, one, it's like a recreation of the Cinderella fairy tale, and there's some cool nuance to it that I haven't seen in other versions of like recreations of that fairy tale, but. And there's the reality TV connection. Was that one of your no, favorite parts too? Was that just me? No, that's, that's just you. That's, that's just, just you me. And that's I know. <laughs> but I think what I just was like so great is the way that Julie Murphy consistently does this is that she makes these wonderful characters who are fat, but that is not their personality. You know, other people in the book try to make that their personality, but they're like, no, I'm fat. And like, let's keep it moving. I'm busy and I've got things to do. And I just eat it up every single time.
0: Well, it, and the, I think one of the reasons why this feels so good and is so like noteworthy for us because you're right, this is consistent from Julie Murphy's books and the characters in her books. It's so rare that we get that in other types of media, you know. Mm-hmm. I, the,
1: I think the reason one, I, I it's a good book. Y'all should read it or listen to oh, it's it. So good.
0: Um, ten out of ten recommend.
1: <laughs> uh, especially if you like Bachelor franchise and or like Unreal or some of those other things because it
0: or like like any or any kind of rom com read yes that it's a oh but we talked i'm sorry i'm going on and on because we talked about this i think in a previous episode it is a quote-unquote closed-door romance i had to learn what that means <laughs> um basically it's just like we get th- we get some makeouts but we don't get anything beyond that which is fine is that because it's behind the Disney closed door did this Probably. Also, because Julie typically, but I think that's part of it. But also, Julie writes um YA, um, and so I think we'll find out in the next series because in the the next book in this Disney series is written by Jasmine Guillory, who ooh, does not have closed door romances. Okay, so I'm curious to know how that will go. I have a feeling it had to do more with just like how Julie Murphy writes. Okay. Um, but who knows? Interesting. Wow, we're getting off topic already. Well, I'm sorry like, people I brought up a book that you like. So was I know. <laughs> in any <laughs> case, coming back to the the. Crux
1: of what I wanted to talk about. Yes. Yes. I just thought one, the book is great, but it was also really Mm -hmm. well aligned with the interview that we're going to showcase in this episode. So, Kim, who you'll hear later, does a beautiful job of just sharing the magic of what it meant to you know, be fat and like be fat in company with others during the early 2000s in the Twin Cities. And it's just so cool to hear about our history, uh, you know, fat folks history um, in the Twin Cities in this area um, and how long it's been going on.
0: Yeah. And something that you'll hear Kim say in the interview, I think at least once or twice, is just the idea of feeling like regular people. We're just like regular people. Mm-hmm. And I I think that connects to what you were describing about how Julie crafts her characters. Um it's like their fatness is just sort of like a matter of fact, mm-hmm. you know, and not like it's just sort of, yes, like a descriptor, part of who they are. And for them and themselves, like it's the the factors and the people around them that want to like bring up the big deal of it, you know, but for, for people feeling their own identities, it's truly just like part of who they are, Um and that like matter of factness, that sort of like regular peopleness, that normalcy, I think is what really um, is speaking to us.
1: Yeah. Not again, not surprisingly, because that's really been the goal of every interview we've of our done. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> the pun <laughs> in our name, <laughs> if you will. Yeah. Yes. Which is just that, like, yeah, fat folks are folks. Like fat people are yeah. people and they have beautiful stories to tell. And yes, you can resonate with them at lots of different levels. And um, it's just not to say it's meta because that, that is a charged word these days with uh, Zuckerberg. Oh god! <laughs> but like it feels kind of meta to be in conversation with Kim in this uh, interview today about like yeah. what happened previously and what we've been talking about for the past few years too Mm -hmm. with the podcast.
0: I think it's really um I was really happy we got to talk about all of like the in-person, in real life events that had gone on um here previously in the Twin Cities that, you know, you'll hear from everyone when Kim shares that. And thinking about just like fat community in our lives and this like matter of fact nature of being fat, it feels like when we're in groups with other fat people, that's just sort of a we can – it's its a given. We can kind of take it for granted like when we're with people who share that identity with us. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not as if that cannot be achieved, you know, when we're in mixed company with people who aren't fat. But it just – there's something special about how it's easier to feel that way when in community and in spaces with other fat people. Um, and that is just so special.
1: Yeah. It's like maybe these aren't the best words that I could have chosen for this. But it's almost like you can commiserate instead of educate. Like, you can acknowledge how bogus it is that, like, yeah, you you can't find seats when you go to a restaurant or, like, oh, you got this wild look from somebody when you (laughs) went to a theater production or something like that. But the other person gets it and then they're there to, like, hype you up or, like, like not say, oh, that sounds horrible. Oh, you're dealing with that. And like what it means to not have to educate somebody about your existence and just be. And then like you said, let your actual personality come out from that. So
0: yeah, all of that. Absolutely. So I guess like we just, I don't know, to sum it up, is there a way to sum this up, Saraya? We just, I don't know. I just love this idea of thinking about being fat as a matter of fact and just as part of who we are um in ways that nope I don't like where this is well, going. No, no no so it's fine because I think what it comes down to is like how can we have
1: more of of ourselves like living like the characters in Julie Murphy's books right oh. like if you're fat how can you live more regularly like yeah I'm fat and that's not it like that's not all it is yeah. a facet of that's who I am all. and I think mm-hmm. we are all main characters and not all the time main characters but how can <sighs> we you and I cat, and then also listener like be a main character on a regular basis
0: oh you t- that was a great way to round that out Soraya <laughs> oh, I love it so much <laughs> and I think with that we're going to send you into an amazing interview with Kim Juline. Kim, we're so excited you
2: could join us today. I'm glad to be here.
0: So, we're going to start out how we always do.
2: Kim, what's your story as a matter of fact? Well, that's a good question. Um, I guess, as a matter of fact, I just am fat. So, I'm not sure there's a big story to it. It's just how I've been. I've always identified as fat or been identified as fat mm-hmm. ever since I was a child. Um, looking back now, I don't think I was very fat Mm. when I was a child. I grew up in a small town and um, didn't have a lot of people around me. Um, When I graduated high school, I was probably about a size 18 or 20, which seems really small to me now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And um, so, yeah, I don't know that it was ever, I put it as an identity, it was just me. I do know that uh, while I was growing up, it seemed to be a really bad thing. And so, Um, it was always a negative connotation. It was never just fat. It was always um, fat and stupid, fat and lazy, fat and ugly, Mm. you know. And so I guess I felt really bad about being fat at that point and tried really hard not to be noticed. Um, As I got older and as I kind of got to meet more people and moved away from my small town, Found my voice and realized that fat is just an adjective in and of itself, and it doesn't have any negative or positive connotations. It just is another adjective, like tall or short. So, I guess that's kind of where I'm at with it.
1: So, Kim, I think that's a pretty common story with a lot of the folks that we interview. And I'm curious, you know, what took place for you to recognize that fat could be such a neutral descriptor? And, you know, what did that change look like for you in using that terminology?
2: Um, I think a big part of that change came when I moved away from that small town. I mean, uh, it worked, this was a lot of years ago. Um, part of it is, too, there weren't a lot of fat role models. Like, we didn't see fat people on TV. We didn't have Chrissy Metz or Lizzo mm-hmm. or and people like that. I had Roseanne Barr, okay. mm-hmm. which wasn't really a great model. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um But moving, you know, moving away from that small town, getting out on my own and just uh, exploring a little bit. I think when I finally did find the plus size social groups that were in the Twin Cities area at the time was really when I kind of broke out of my silence, if you will, and um, found my voice and was able to speak up for myself and for others.
0: Mm. We would love to hear more about those groups. Um, I know there's two that you mentioned a big way and people at large, right? In a big way and people at large. Yep. Tell us more about those communities and what, um, what your participation was like in them.
2: Well, I guess there, before those two, I guess there was a NAFA chapter for a short while in the cities, but I didn't know about that. And then there was another, another group called, um, big and beautiful. And as much as I know about them is they used to put on or host dances. And again, that was kind of before I found this whole new community. Mm -hmm. I kind of actually found it in 2000. And I was coming out of a relationship of a person that I was very serious about, who was not um, a fat, not in the fat community, um, was not a um, fat admirer, if you're familiar with that term, but Mm -hmm. more of a fat acceptor Mm -hmm. stretching it. He wasn't really thrilled that I was fat. Um, I was coming out of that relationship and really having in a weird place trying to find myself and what to do with myself at that because I thought we were going to end up together. Mm. Um, This is back in like AOL times and um, Twin Cities Reader was the other newspaper along with City Pages and they had ads in the back for different things and one of the things I saw was an ad for a game night for a group called In a Big Way. And I like to play games. I love board games and such. And I saw this and I kind of looked into it. And I just, um, I think I found that ad during the week. I think the newspapers came out on like Tuesday and Wednesday. And the game nights happened on Saturday and it happened to be that Saturday. And I just pulled myself up by my bootstraps and decided I was going. (laughs) And I did. I I found that. I walked in cold. I didn't know anybody or anything more about it than I saw on that ad. And I walked into this game night, and I was thrilled to see people that looked like me having a good time, talking, socializing, eating, drinking, Mm -hmm. laughing. And it just kind of felt like coming home. In a good way.
0: <laughs> oh, it's so beautiful. How many people were, like, at that game night or part of this group?
2: That first game night, there were, I think, about a dozen people. It was at a coffee shop that doesn't exist anymore over, um, off of, like, Como Crossings, I think. It was called Black Bear Crossing, and it was near the railroad tracks in Como. And, uh, and they had a room in the back that, in a big way, um, rented out or reserved Mm -hmm. reserved every once a month. So there was game night once a month and it was this lovely coffee shop and you could go and get coffee and they had bakery treats and they sometimes had music in the front room, like live music. And so we just had a great time. And even after the coffee shop closed, a lot of times people would go out afterwards and continue and go to a later night place like Embers or something like that, where we could just sit and talk and visit some more. And that was really nice because, um, For once, I wasn't the fattest person in the Mm -hmm. room. I was just one of many. I was just Mm -hmm. a regular person instead of being like, oh, my gosh, the fat person. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And people at large was kind of a, it was another group. They, I think it broke off sort of from in a big way. And so they kind of existed um, almost like siblings, I would say. There was maybe some rivalry sometimes, but they also worked together. Mm -hmm. And I ended up on the planning Board of that group for a while, and we worked together in that we made sure we didn't try to that we didn't overlap events. And so at that time, it was really a fun, active time in the cities where we had we had things going on every week. I mean, you did not have to be bored. If you'd wanted to go do something, there was people to do it with.
0: That's so cool. And I remember, Kim, when I met you and you mentioned these things to me, I was like, oh, my gosh, like there was so much cool fat (laughs) stuff happening in the Twin Cities. Like, you know, years ago, it was just very cool to know that that was happening. And so it's really awesome to hear you talk more about this. How uh, long? Looking
2: back, it was decades ago now, wasn't it? <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean, <laughs> but that's just, it's still just so cool to know. It's like, I mean, the, to, to me, this feels like fat history, like local mm-hmm. fat history. How long would you say that these groups were in existence? Or maybe you don't know, how long were you part of these groups?
2: Um, well, the groups, like I said, they, were, they existed a little bit before I found them. And um, so in the mid-90s, I would say they kind mm-hmm. of started up. Um, and I was involved in them, and they were still going in didn't last a long time they sort of sort of faded away um probably ten years or so, maybe fifteen years. Things changed I mean, you know, technology comes to play, mm, yeah, and all of a sudden everybody has you know i don't know exactly a Facebook, but um now we have you know the internet and Facebook and all of those things, and they took the place of a lot of the Um, things that we used those groups for, I think, to meet people and such. Um, Yeah, and a lot of the people that originally were involved with it, they ended up, you know, 10, 15 years, life changes, and the younger people or the other people that came in didn't really – Wanted to have the same type of group, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they didn't pick it up and continue planning and things. So it just sort of faded away. We ended up kind of just dissolving. The, one of the main people that started in a big way actually got married and moved out of state. Mm-hmm. And so that changed things quite a bit at that point.
1: I'm curious, like, what kind of events did y'all have going on? Because you said you did not have
2: to be bored. <laughs> There's lots of planning happening at any given time. You did what not. What were y'all up to? No. <laughs> um, you know... It's funny when you mentioned that about like the history of it. And I started thinking after we talked and going back, it's like, wow, we really did have a big history of stuff here that we did. Um, it was like I said, it was there was no Facebook. So everything there was a really good website. The person that just kind of started in a big way had um, a lot of Web skills. And so we actually had on that Web page even um, a page that was about reviews. And people would go on there and review their um, restaurants and movie theaters and different things they've gone to and let you know kind of how it was for fat people. Kind of like some of the groups on Facebook now, like um, the travel groups and stuff and Flying Well Fat, I think, Mm, is one. So we kind of had our own little local version of that. But um, some of the things we did, like I said, there was game night was a very established activity that happened like every third Saturday. Every third Saturday there was game night. Um, There was a dance probably. Once a month or maybe every other month. Um, Fun. Oh, yeah. A lot of them were, um, most of them were themed because the people that were planning them loved parties and decorating and dressing up. And it was so fun because we could dress up. We had a Moulin Rouge dance. Moulin Rouge themed. That was the first time I went out in public as an adult with my arms bared and showing. Oh, so there were all these things that people did. We had a we would have picnics. Um, we had luau picnics. We had a couple of annual luau picnics in a park in public. And people showed up in grass skirts and tank tops and even bikini tops in the park in the public. <laughs> I mean, we just really were out there, which I thought was really cool. Um, we did Bonfires, like uh, picnic-type bonfires over at the Como, fire rings. We did those every summer a couple times a year. Um, We did, oh, Buffalo Wild Wings. I'm not sure, am I supposed to say company names? You can say it's fine. (laughs) We used to do Buffalo Wild Wings every, every Tuesday. I think Tuesday was when they had the cheap wings. And so we did BBWs at BWW. (laughs) I love that so much. (laughs) And we would go to different ones all around town because we wanted to get out and explore. And we wanted to bring in people from all around. So if somebody lived on the east side of town or of the metro and they didn't want to come to Plymouth, we would have one next week and we might be in Roseville. Hmm. So we really tried to get out there and spread it around. Um, We did dinner club, which probably once a month, I think that was as well. And somebody would host. They didn't pay for it, but what they were responsible for picking the place and finding out if it was going to be accessible and Mm -hmm. friendly for fat Mm -hmm. folks and make a reservation. And you would have to call ahead and let them know you were bringing, you know, 10 to 12 people of plus size and what they could do to accommodate us. And that was pretty neat. So people that hadn't gone out in public for dinner, a lot of people, I mean, I know, myself included. You know, a lot of people hadn't been out to all these places just because there was a, um, it was intimidating, Mm -hmm. I guess, in a lot of ways. We had swim parties, um, you know, public swim (laughs) and, uh, we rented out the, uh, uh, Blaisdell YMCA. You could rent the pool. We did that a couple times. Um, we had some private, a couple of people that had private pools or apartments that had a pool that they would let us use. So we had pool parties, um, what else? We were yeah. busy. Yeah, <laughs> sounds amazing. <laughs> this is awesome. Yeah, it was it was pretty cool. Um, and then there were all the extra little events, and it was so nice to have a group, a community of people. Like, if you wanted to do something, you could reach out to this group and just turn it into a group thing. Like we um, we went to some plays, you know, live theater, mm-hmm. and again, it was hey, you know, somebody's setting it up and investigating whether we're going to fit I mean I remember calling up a theater and saying you know do you have armless seating Mm -hmm. no okay well how big are your seats well they're big enough for big people I'm like no I need to know how many inches wide your seat is I'm really serious about I need like nuts and bolts information Mm -hmm. and the person was I said can I come in and try it on can I come in and put my fat butt in the seat and see if it works (laughs) and they said sure so I did (laughs) you know, um, checked it out in person and finished planning. And so we went to live events and yeah, a lot of things. It was, uh, it was a really good time. We had some, uh, we went on a couple of trips up North to Itasca state park. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lovely clubhouse up there that has like eight bedrooms or something. And we rented out the clubhouse and people that, you know, the first 10 people or whatever that wanted that could sign up for it and We went up there on some trips, and so it was really nice to have a community. A lot of people made really good friends, and um, people found partners, and uh, we just acted like regular people. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Fat didn't have to be, like, the first thing, you know? We were Mm -hmm. just doing what we wanted. We were just having a good time, and being fat wasn't uh, at the forefront anymore.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's just something so special and kind of freeing about being around folks who are like you, you know, like around a shared identity that maybe isn't, um, that maybe comes a lot of baggage in, in life with other folks. And so I, that's what I hear you saying is like, it just feels good to be around fat people. Um, and that is a feeling I have as well, you know, it's just like nice to be around other fat folks and do regular things.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, I think it was it was empowering to a lot of, um, like I said, I found my voice. I remember one time after finding that group and, um, I was seeing a doctor, uh, physical therapist, actually, after I'd been in a car accident and, and the person started talking to me about my weight and well, is this, have you always had this pain? And, you know, maybe if you weren't, you know, so heavy, you might not have this issue. And, and I felt empowered and strong enough after being in this group and being out there enough that I just looked the person dead in the eye. And I said, is my weight going to be an issue mm-hmm. with you treating me? Because if so, I'm going to have to find another physical mm-hmm. therapist. Mm-hmm. And I would have never been able to do that before. I was way too small and shy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was really and and to sh- and then to share that information with people so that they also then felt that they could do that it was I think we really did a lot of good for each other it certainly sounds like it yeah <laughs> and I still have you know friends to this day that I met there I mean I'm actually at my friend's house right now <laughs> <laughs> oh, <that's... laughs> that I met at the group so oh, I love that yeah. um, I met my now ex-husband, but I met my husband at the, the very first game night I met to, I went to. I met the man that I would marry.
0: Wow. <gasps> oh, that's like a love romance <laughs> novel level kind of situation there. Yeah.
2: Wow. It wasn't a Hallmark movie, though, because it didn't have the most happy ending. It had yeah. a realistic ending. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Life, you yeah. Know, 50, yeah. 50% of marriages don't work out, and that goes for fat people as well. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we're regular people. Yeah.
0: True, true.
2: I think that was the first that was one of the biggest things my, my friend that I had met with um that did the in a big way stuff that was very active in that, my friend who Kat, who um, oh. <laughs> her name was also Kat. Cool. Um, she she would say one of her taglines was changing the world's view of fat chicks one person at a time.
0: Mm.
2: <laughs> and we you know, and I kinda just took that to heart. It's like, you know, we that's what we did just by being out there,
0: yeah. letting
2: people see. I mean, when we would walk you know, ten people through a restaurant to the back room all together. It was, you know, the jaws would drop. Mm. <laughs> people didn't know what to think of that, and and uh, it was just nice to to let people see that we're just doing regular things. Mm-hmm. We're just people doing people stuff. Yeah. Hopefully we changed some minds. I know we changed our minds. Yeah.
1: I mean, so much of what you're saying just like feels so true to what we talk about with other folks on the podcast, like even interviewing a doctor about advocating for yourself at the doctor. Like you found that voice by talking with other folks in this community. And I mean, even though like I didn't know you before Kat made this connection, (laughs) it just feels like you've been out there doing this work, making these connections, changing minds one person at a time. And I'm curious, like, what do you see is the same today, uh, maybe like in a hyper-local Twin Cities kind of context, or like what is different, um, maybe generally too? So either in the area that mm-hmm. the these groups were based in or more so like general cultural shifts and attitudes since you were in these groups in the in the 2000s?
2: Well, I think there's, there are still things the same because, you know, there's always people that are going to look at other people and find a way to try to feel superior to Mm -hmm. them, try to put them down. And, and, um, fat is one of, unfortunately, one of those categories that people I think are going to just look at and think they're better than fat. Mm -hmm. So I think that hasn't changed a lot. I think it changes some, Mm -hmm. um, there are more fat role models. There are more people out there, um, And the access to information that we have these days with the Internet, you know, at our fingertips, you know, those little computer phones that we carry around with us that we can look at pictures and and look up things and and connect with people and be on Facebook and um, Google and find all of the information we want is so much easier. And so I think that. Has changed a lot of it. Um, people just are able to share so much easier. I know there's some fat communities online, and I see them having conversations similar to the conversations that I had back back in the day. Um, and again, it's just so much easier because it's right there, and I can have that conversation with somebody in another country rather than just in the Twin Cities. I can share my um, story or confit or story or advice or experience with somebody across the world, not just in my backyard that I'm waiting to bump into in Mm -hmm. person. So I think that's really interesting that we can share so much more. Um, So, you know, that's changed. I look back at what we did and I think, wow we did all of that without google yeah or, yeah, um, yeah well, that's we didn't, we didn't have GPS <laughs> I mean I'm surprised we even got to the places we wanted to go <laughs> we had to print out google right. maps you know you had to go online ahead of time and print it out and it was not very good a little good. MapQuest <laughs> moment
1: for you <laughs> yeah. there you go
2: yeah MapQuest, and yeah I'm surprised I found like I said we were all over we tried to get all over to you know cover the metro and I'm surprised I found as many places as I did <laughs> So, you know, I'm kind of sad that i I mean, those groups were really great. And I don't know that there is anything like that anymore. There's a lot of online activity. And I don't know if it's just that we live so much of our lives online, overall, or what the difference is. Um, or maybe I am I missing something? I don't know.
0: No, I don't think you're missing things. I think that – I I imagine many folks are going to hear this conversation and think, this is what I crave, like this level of fat community, you know, every third Saturday or every this or every that kind of thing. You know, Mm -hmm. I I do know like – so there is the Twin Cities Fat Community Facebook group. And when we like a, in the very beginning of that, I'm thinking like 2016 when that started, there were more events. We like did more hangout things, but mm-hmm. then it just got so big and there aren't, it's not the same kind of thing. And now it's a pandemic, right? So right, right. <laughs> I also think about like, you know, I own cake and so it's a shopping experience, but a place where, you know, everyone's fat and it feels good and we do events, but it's not like a regular thing every, you know, it might be every summer we do this thing or every fall we do this thing but not a several times a month here's an opportunity for you to get together with fat people Mm -hmm. Um, so I don't think you're missing it and I do think that you know in this moment people would still be really ready for that kind of opportunity to connect
2: I think you're right I mean I, I have seen some of those activities there like a I think you had a pool party and yeah. stuff a couple times, and yeah, and it's so it's so great to do that. Um, but it's it takes some work it takes work to put together events and activities, as you well know. Yeah, and I just I just don't know if anybody wants to do it. There was some other groups um, a few years ago. There was a group that I found online, and they tried to have a little more activities, like some happy hours, mm-hmm. and we did a book club. Um, cool. And they met for a few times, and then I think it it just. I don't know. Maybe it was just too much work. I wasn't one of the planners on it, and uh, it just sort of fell apart. But um, back in when I was back doing it, we had a book club, and and we we continued it for quite a while. And we had men and women who came to the book club, which was kind of interesting because it seems like a lot of times it's just a women's thing. Um, we even we even got uh, an author to come in to town and do a presentation for us, which was a lot of fun. I don't know if you're familiar with the. Uh, the book, Big, Big Love and the author, Hannah Blank. Yeah. Oh, how cool. (laughs) Yeah. We reached out to her and, um, I wasn't one of the main people. I planned the logistics of where and stuff, but the person somebody reached out to her and, um, I don't know if she was in town on, I think she might've been in town on another book tour or something, but we were able to get her to do a presentation for our group. And we, we, uh, had like a little, just us. And we got together with her and she talked about her book and we asked questions and we just had a great big fat friendly discussion. (laughs) It was a lot of fun. It's awesome. Yeah. So I know I would, I would love to see things like that happen again. I don't, I mean, I don't know. And
0: I wonder too, if it's like, you're right, because there is so much conversation and connection opportunities online, it feels like less of an imperative to try to make that happen in real life. But I would argue that those in real life, um, gathering moments are, are just as important, if not more important.
2: Yeah, I think so too. I mean, we did have, we did have on our website, we had a section for personals, you know, back then, and you would be able to email somebody and things like that. Um, Not, you know, it definitely wasn't like any, um, plenty of fish or Facebook dating or anything like that, but you know, on our website. Mm -hmm. So we did try to do that and people did meet, but it was nice because they had kind of a safe place to meet. A lot of people would talk to each other, like through those personals or on the bulletin board Mm -hmm. uh, forum that we had, and then they would say, Hey, well, I'm, are you going to that dance? Yeah. Oh, how about, how about I meet you at that dance? And they'd meet in person, kind Mm -hmm. of in a safe place. Yeah. So that was, I think that was really good. Oh. Yeah, I don't know how I how I would have I don't know if I'd ever would have met met my husband. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe I would have met somebody else, I don't know, but like I said, I know a lot of people that met at events, different events, dances, game nights, um things like that, bonfires, and some of them are still married, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, that is just so cool to hear about.
2: And we did. Um, we also did some traveling further together. Some of the people went to like bashes, out of you know, like um, in Las Vegas or Illinois. Mm -hmm. That was kind of interesting. That was the first time I'd ever experienced that community out. You know, even further out than my own little world. And I thought it was being very daring. We went to a, a bash in Illinois, and. Not only was I now going out and swimming in public, but I got myself a two-piece tankini not okay. a bikini just a tankini. I had an inch of skin showing okay. and I thought, oh you know and so and most of my Midwest friends were kind of along those same lines and, and we got to this bash in Illinois where a lot of people were very familiar with this culture of and and were my little eyes opened <laughs> to a whole nother level of um, fat culture to see people in the pool in bikinis and, and having a good time. That was interesting. And and that trip that trip at the hotel we stayed at, there was the BBW bash happening. There was the Mrs. Illinois pageant. Oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> and, and some kind of woman's volleyball <laughs> competition. So we had those three groups staying in that hotel. And that was so interesting to see how the different how people interact, how we cross cultures like that. Mm-hmm. I thought that was fascinating. I was always interested to see what other people were doing too. That yeah, was fun. We had that same type of thing happen at another dance we had here in town where Um, It was at a hotel and it was our summer storm dance. And so it was all summer storm themed. Well, we were in one of the hotel ballrooms and just so happened in the other hotel ballroom was another dance going on, but that was a swingers club. (laughs) And yeah, there was, there was a little crossover, (laughs) not me, I'm not going to, but uh, yeah, it made for some interesting conversations, shall we say. (laughs) (laughs) Kim
0: tell us like what's bringing you joy right now I'm as we you know we're talking about so much of like beautiful history here but we're really (laughs) interested to know um, whether it be you know fat related or not what's bringing you joy
2: part of I guess my fat identity is related to what brings me joy in that um, I think being fat has caused me to be kinder Mm. more open-minded and more tolerant Mm. because I know what it feels like to be on the, on the uh, side of being bullied or ignored or things like that. And so um, what's bringing me joy right now is I've really been working on practicing kindness and kind of random acts, if you will, because I find that that makes me happy mm-hmm. to make someone else happy. So I've just been doing little things like um, there's you know, some grocery stores sell bouquets of flowers. You know, for fairly cheap. I will pick up a bouquet of flowers and give it to somebody in the parking lot. Oh. And, and to see, you know, how that brightens somebody' day, someone's day is wonderful. Um, give a compliment to somebody. I was out to eat dinner the other day and a young woman was wearing a T-shirt and it said something about beauty has, has no age, beauty has no gender, beauty has, you know, something like mm. that. And I told her, I just said, hey, I really like your shirt. Mm. And she just lit up. And I said, that's really cool. I really like it. Things like that, just going a little bit out of my comfort zone to do something that makes can make somebody else feel better. And then I find I get a lot in return. Yeah. That's so special.
0: So our last question, you and you saw this already, but like, are you comfortable with us asking you how people can connect with you? Would you like us to ask you this question? <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, you know, I am on Facebook, as most people are these days. So they can certainly, you know, I'm welcome to take messages there. If somebody wants to send me a message there, they can. Hopefully, kind messages. Kind messages only. <laughs> kind messages only, or, or you know, questioning messages are fine. But I w- I'm not afraid to block you if you're not nice. Do know
0: it? And also, fair. It a good philosophy. Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> I, I trust that most of your audience is pretty open minded and kind as well. So they're
1: pretty yeah. good. They're pretty good. <laughs> but we so appreciate you taking some time out of your day to share your experience and your story as a matter of fact with us, Kim.
2: Well, thank you for having me. This was a lot of fun. A lot of fun tripping down memory lane too.
0: Oh, yeah. We just so appreciate you going there with us because so much (laughs) of this information is new to us and just like really cool to hear from someone who was there. So thanks for telling your story as a matter of fact.
2: You're welcome. Thank you.
0: Oh, what a wonderful interview with Kim. I just, I feel so fortunate that we got to spend some time talking with her. And like we've been doing this season, Soraya, let's debrief a little bit and chat about this interview. I think that sounds great. I just, I'm really struck by how cool our project, our
1: podcast is because mm-hmm. I, you, you know, you're in conversation with a lot of folks on a regular basis from like lots of different walks of life because of the shop and just like your um, social media presence and all that. But like for me, I this conversation would never have happened if it wasn't for this podcast and me getting to hear from Kim. and just be reminded that like, yes, I always feel like right now is cutting edge, but okay, I'm actually gonna jump back. So do you remember last uh, season when we did, like kind of all those mini episodes about historical and like current day experiences with like fat phobia or fat liberation. Um,
0: oh, I feel, yes. We talked of like, it felt like in all of our mini episodes where we broke down those concepts, we talked about like, here's the history and here's current day kind of thing. Yeah. Right?
1: And so like when mm-hmm. we talked about fat lib, we did go back to like the sixties and New York city and you know, how people were coming together and organizing and just like, whoa, the things that they were talking about then are – just as prevalently in the that's not even a word like are just as necessary now and like not a lot right, has for right, right. that mm-hmm. but it's so cool to hear from kim like oh god like I, I feel like nothing was happening before i tuned into it but like things have constantly been happening and it's nice and isn't
0: that how it is like with every movement it's yes. like when people enter it they think oh it started now and it's like no no no, no my it's friend been <laughs> it's been happening i'm long before you <laughs> long before me yeah and it's so cool that we have this record of it too, yeah, yeah, I agree. Can I share how I met? Ken? Yeah, please. And then how, like, this all how she was able. I mean, Me, we were yes, then able to reach baby. out to her to be on the mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So, um, years ago, oh gosh, it sounds like so long ago. It was pre-pandemic, so like probably two years like ago. Five it was right around. Ago. Yeah. <laughs> oh <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah it feels like a long uh-huh. time um so remember real life coffee and yoga yeah, love it yeah and they're not around anymore but they were around for a couple years and when the that shop first opened i did an active wear pop-up um you might know that i really don't like doing pop-ups for cake i like now that i have my own storefront i don't want to haul clothes places you know <laughs> um but it was i really liked real life coffee and yoga um And I thought if it's just activewear, it's like very self-contained. I don't have to bring my whole shop over. Um, And so I had a little activewear pop-up and it was so fun. i just, I got to see, I got to meet and like, you know, reconnect with so many people. I got to be in that space with Gabby. It was just like really, really great. Okay. So anyway, while I'm doing this activewear pop-up, Kim comes over to me for some, maybe she's buying something or we're chatting or whatever, but it was there where I met her. And I found out that we're actually connected. Like we have, we know someone in common. Um, and we were just kind of chatting about that. And then she was telling me, oh, yeah, you know, I used to do all these things locally here. And as she was telling me stories, I just was like, oh, my gosh, you are like, I don't know. An elder within this community to be respected. I just mean someone who's like older than me and kind of to what you were saying before, Sreya, has been involved in this work and in this movement and these communities long before I was ever paying attention, you know, 20 years ago. And I just knew that I wanted to stay connected and I knew absolutely that we should reach out to Kim to be on our podcast. Yeah.
1: It's so fun because I think our own biases come into play here, like of who we know and who. We have the capacity to reach out to and include in the conversation. And so to have someone who just like has been here, has seen so much transpire and like so interesting to hear too how, you know, people drifted apart and that's just how life is too. But yeah, um, cool to know that the essence of what they were doing and like what we're about is still alive and well and thriving. I don't know. It was just like really heartwarming to me.
0: Yeah, it was. It was awesome. And to hear such specific details about like regular in real life fat community meetups was just incredible. And I think how we felt in that conversation, and I imagine how most people will feel listening to this episode. It's like, I want that. Mm -hmm. Like, that sounds incredible. Yeah. Which is so interesting because like how the internet took
1: took over for that in some ways. And, you know, through the pandemic, that certainly served a lot of good purpose of helping people stay connected. And also like how it's been leveraged like for you with fat splashes, like you use the internet to get people to be aware of it, to like organize around it. So I wonder there's this evolution of like how the internet kind of dispersed these activities Mm
2: -hmm, then to now mm
1: -hmm. creating pathways for people to come together, even like fat girls hiking or literally anything out there um, kind of requires that. So interesting. Yeah.
0: I, and I don't, and well, and they were using the internet too, you know, just like in, in ways differently than we were, we are now. Right. Like it's, it sounded like the website that they kept up was really important, um, for them at that time. Yeah. I, I, I do think too, like it felt even, I don't know, not harder, but like it hit me harder listening to all of this in the midst of a pandemic when, you know, in real life time with most people has been so um Scares. scarce you know mm-hmm. wait did we just say yeah we word? did oh. <laughs> uh I'm just imagining how you'll have to edit it to make us say it at the same time because <laughs> <laughs> while we heard it at the same time it oh was no very said likely it said, said before it before you <laughs> that's why oh. <laughs> In my, on my end it was exactly amazing <laughs> so don't you don't you have to make sure you change it so it doesn't sound like I just copied you <laughs> I mean. um so sort of jinx but not really because of the time delay um <laughs> but yeah I feel like it's um it kind of hits different being in this time and I you know at, at this level of pandemic life I think we're getting and as we've discussed you know we've been doing some more things we're still not doing as much stuff with people and it's just like what really um what do we really miss and i know for me it's like more opportunities to create this kind of stuff for fat folks and it's weird too like on the one hand i think my shop is a you know a fat community space that is in person and i i I see that but like we're not having game nights once a month we're not having dances you know we're not like throwing theme parties in the way that it really sounds like And, and i think too we're a business and so like it's, I think that there's something really special about when just like a group of people are able to come together in an organized, friendly capacity. It feels like student council or something, you know, or like a volunteer thing. It's like, we're here doing this. It's not connected to a business necessarily. Um, but we're here because like, we feel committed to this community and like want to make things like this happen so
1: like the most proximate experience i have of this actually just happened recently when we got together with some of our assistants just to have that time irl before the holidays and so everything nice. and the season ends and it just was fun it was just so aaron and um Lindsay, joined us and we just hung out and like watched music videos and ate
0: pizzas it, it was so like... fun very Soraya, okay <laughs> here I work so we part ways I'm in my car I text Soraya why am I so happy this is incredible <laughs> <laughs> it was just like oh my god this was the best night and it was just like as discussed I'm in a good mood yeah and wow is that an additional mood booster oh my goodness it just feels so good um, to be spending time with people, but especially there's a special easy feeling yeah. when you're hanging out with other fat people. Yeah, it was so good, and so I can only imagine what it felt like.
1: Cause, like, you know, we have body positivity now. We have more, especially in my circles and your circles, cat, like people who are aware of fat lib and like, you know, body neutrality. All these things that we talk about on a regular basis. The world is not kind. Like in general, not kind. I cannot imagine what it was like in the early 2000s. Like, that was – what is it? Low-rise jeans. That was, like, the time when (laughs) it was
0: just not – a good time and well, well like you and I were shopping at Lane Bryant for children's Adam's clothes <laughs> <laughs> it was rough yeah <laughs> or just the fleece performance uh-huh. fleece, you know oh there it is again yeah. there's that performance fleece and actually
1: my performance fleece that I wore uh in middle school for that year because we all have one thing that we wore the whole year in middle school I think um was from Target I'm pretty sure Oh yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Anyways, that's besides <laughs> the point. I'm just trying my my point is that I just I'm really impressed uh to know what they did. It sounded like so much fun and also like yeah. how like what an impact they had on the people who saw them coming together and organizing. Like
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And you know I think him even maybe said like yeah, we really turned heads or like people, you know, were like oh, I've never seen so many like large people in one place at one time. Yeah. Um and that really struck me and and that also made me think about like the strength in numbers of it all and like this kind of safety or I feel like it, it, it um, is a safer feeling when you're together with folks um, that are also fat and even just like the details you mentioned like someone would be in charge of like calling to make sure that like we would be comfortable mm-hmm. and could be accommodated in that space um, and like you know Still to this day, it feels like that kind of call is necessary, which speaks to how things have not changed. Um, But it's just like a reminder of like the work we have to do to make that happen. But like how powerful it is when someone is able to say, "Oh no, I need to check this out with your business before we can patronize you." Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Also, it's interesting to think about how things would have changed because, like, for instance, some of the the things that Kim was talking about, like maybe like just the the themes, the topics that they. or like the themes for the parties they had. <laughs> I wonder like if some of those I like we probably wouldn't be having a luau these days. No. Um that would we don't that wouldn't land the same way. Um yeah. so thinking about too, like how, you know, how if if something like that were still to be going on, what that might look like and how that might be different.
1: Yeah. And I think it's just like so dependent on the people too, like who Oh, absolutely. Oh, and I also this is like a whole other thought, but like in this pandemic world i noticed that social engagement's like people just have different capacity and like what yeah. they commit to looks really different and so i wonder like if we tried to do something one that just sounds like way too hard to organize anything in real life. Prior to the pandemic, it was happening all the time. Like we would have our events at La Doña Cervecería. And oh, yeah. yeah, like we had things going on. We did those, yeah. yeah, we made events. And, I forgot about and that. And now yeah. I'm like, no. <laughs> like what? No, yeah. I couldn't do it. So yeah. I think I uh, lost track of what I was trying to say there. But in any case, I just am impressed at all the planning they did. All the navigating they did. And it's just a good reminder that, like, if people are interested in being community, they'll be in community. They'll make it happen.
0: Yeah. Can I mention one more thing? Yes, please. Please. It just, like, makes my heart sing to know there is someone with my same name who 20 years ago was, like, here in the Twin Cities, making Fat Community happen. I just, like, what a kindred spirit that I must have out there. And, like, that just felt really special. And I don't know. Maybe it's just, like, I don't know. It just feels cool. Like, my same name, someone doing very similar things to what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Oh, just really special. Yeah. I hope I'm making that cat proud. Big shoes to fill. Truly. It's time for the Dirt and Discourse. This is where we dive into the excitement and discomfort around relevant pop and cultural happenings.
1: This episode, we're talking about our opinions on shapewear. The reason this fits into the dirt and discourse and not just us chatting will become clearer the longer our DT goes on. So strap in, folks, to your spanks <laughs> or whatever else you got laying okay.
0: around. So, actually, the reason why this is on my mind is a little bit dirt and discoursey yeah. or a little bit like, Whoa. Um, and which like, let's just get into it. So there is this group organization called the power of plus that's very vocal on social media and has shared a lot of things that I've been really into. They've also done some events like, um, there's a book, uh, like kind of discussion committed over zoom. Anyway, they're just this like kind of newer group of plus size, with a, with a plus-size focus, doing some cool things in fashion and beyond. And we should note that Luca Rousseau, who started The Power of Plus, did, at one point, was featured for us in our Men as a Matter of Fat minisode last season. So they're cool. I like them. I follow all their stuff. I'm on their email list, which is how I discovered hmm. that they <laughs> – so ominous mm-hmm. – um, that they did a collaboration with ShaperMint, the shapewear company. Um, and I got – I was like, wait, what wait, is this in my inbox? Wait, I, have to, I have to hold up. So like ShaperMint,
1: like exclusively in my mind, is this like social media ad. Like you're scrolling through Instagram. It's the same
0: one every time. It's the same mm-hmm, one every mm-hmm. time.
1: Where there's a woman who, like, maybe has a, a like, slightly larger stomach or something like that. A tummy. Yeah, and she's trying to wear, like, a bodycon dress or something, or a shirt or something like that. And it's just, like, you know, not fitting well. It's not well fitted. And so then she gets shape her Mint, like, tummy control like thing and she pulls it up and then she puts on the dress and she's like immediately nothing like nothing is there her skin her fat is gone and I just it's always the same very like I don't know visceral is the right word but like very clearly like you see my stomach now you don't and that's the whole goal of Shaperman
0: and what I think the whole like what what is most bizarre and also like funny to me about those ads and as I mean as you describe it, I'm thinking everyone knows what I mean. Like I just these at one point these were just everywhere on social media and TV maybe. Yeah. Um, but like the before, it's always like, Well, most people who have any flesh on their body, yeah. if you like jut elastic in, like it's gonna overflow a little you know so it's like we're trying our hardest to make it look like someone has extra skin extra fat extra something in their midsection and then oh look at it, it's gone you know it's just like what the uh, fuck it's just <laughs> is like low quality production always
1: I felt yeah. too and so yeah. so weird when you mentioned yeah. superman I was like huh they're doing a collab like, well,
0: with somebody who's interested. It sounds like Shaper Mint is probably looking to do a rebrand here okay. because, uh, I mean, I'm I'm only guessing uh, because I, I don't think folks respond well to their brand of advertising. Um, and it honestly, on their side, is probably a pretty big get to be to get the, um, I don't know, the co-sign, the collaboration of the Power of Plus. Yeah. But yeah, they just had a couple email marketing campaigns. Yeah. Um, and what I also thought was interesting, and this is a bit of a, this ties into other dirt and discourses we've had. Um, Shaper Mint in the email, it's like up to 4XL. And I was like, really? Because I feel like shapewear generally you have to size up because they're on small anyway. Yeah. Um, so I went to look at their size chart just to be like, well, maybe Shaper Mint really has changed. Maybe there's like, maybe they're doing more things. And there were like some kind of comfy looking bralettes, I won't lie. But I went to their size chart and I was like, oh. Fancy that. A 4XL from Shapermint is a size 24, which is a 3XL. Yeah. So not only are they a shapewear company, they too have an inflated size chart lying about the, I mean, I guess I'm really not mincing my words, but that's what I see it as. When you say, you know, you go up to a certain size, but actually it's a much small, not much, but it is a smaller size. Mm-hmm. Um, that's disingenuous. And it's, it's, you know, lying to to people in your advertising. Um, And so interesting for power of plus to spend time, um, you know, retweeting and talking about this um, fight for inclusivity championed by Saucy Mm -hmm. Saucy West. And then like to have this collab with this company that goes up to a 4X that's just a 24. It's like, Hmm. 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 so anyway (laughs) we'll let you all draw your own conclusions about that um and i am it's it's not as if i've lost all respect for the power of plus it was just it seemed um not congruent with the rest of the things that i've heard them talking about and came as a surprise to me and got me thinking about shapewear
1: okay well that's what i wanted to talk about too is just like our general opinions because i don't think like I don't think that shapewear in and of itself is, like, fat phobic, uh, even though it can be marketed as that. And Mm -hmm. I got to say, like, I love – and I don't even know if this is considered shapewear. Like, I I have the definitions pulled up, but I think it gets kind of broad. But, like, I love the whatever, like, next to naked bodysuit from Universal Standard. Mm -hmm. I love that because I just feel, Mm -hmm. like, totally – it's like a hug. <laughs> I don't know how else to put it. But, like, I guess you could consider it shapewear, but I don't. It's not like Spanx, right? Like, it's not. Wait, you have mm-hmm. that tweet that you told me about earlier that I think you should tell the people oh. about.
0: This was awesome. This was like, this tweet has lived with me for years. Um, back when I was in my former career working in student affairs, um, when I went to conferences, often there'd be like a conference hashtag, you know? Um, and one plus size gal was so bold as to use the official conference hashtag to tweet something to the effect of Wow, putting on control top tights in a hotel bathroom should count for my cardio for the day. <laughs> Anyone who's tried to put on shapewear, or you know, like in a when you're with like colleagues, because often for those conferences you'd like share a room with like a colleague, you know, Uh, and in the bathroom trying to put on your.
1: Oh my goodness! Uh,
0: It's just it really painted a picture that I was so familiar with, and I was so impressed. She was so bold to share it with the conference hashtag. Yeah. so yeah, that is. Oh, but hey, what is? Did you say you have definitions pulled up? What is the definition of shapewear? Okay, yes.
1: The definition of shapewear is fitted underwear, especially a girdle that is designed to mm-hmm. hold a part of the body in a particular form. So that's the first first definition. The second is foundation garments designed to hold a part of the body in a particular form. Hmm. Hmm. But so, like, question that I had with Cat because Kat we we're having is a very, debate. Pro compression socks, which I am now yeah. into as well. And I was going to say, I feel like compression socks are shapewear to some extent.
0: And I get it's like, is a hot dog a sandwich? I mean, no, I, it's I, not I, the same it's thing. It's
1: not <laughs> the same thing. Let's not convolute the conversation. <laughs> I,
0: just, I mean, I feel like there are some things that compression socks have in common with shapewear. Uh-huh. But I also feel like there are things they do not have in common with shapewear. Um, to me, a compression sock feels more functional than like... Um, than chic, if that makes sense. Sure. Um But I do get how there's – it can be some comparison. And I guess for me, this is maybe how it's different in my head. Like if I'm wearing shapewear, I'm wearing it like under my clothes. So my clothes look a certain way. Um, And then when I take the shapewear off, my body is back to its original form. Whereas compression socks, I wear them. They don't look good when they're on. But when I take them off, my little svelte ankles look great. So, I mean, (laughs) who knows? Okay. And so that's what got me thinking though (laughs) because
1: I think, you know, people are trying to make money out here. And so they are right. coming in and like I get the Comrade socks or whatever are always shown. They've been shown to me for over a year now um, and they're like fan, like cool compression socks. I'm like, I don't care, whatever. Um, but then I was thinking about, you know, what about waist trainers? I, mm-hmm. I think those are fat phobic, right? But like people say that mm-hmm. they use them when they're working out. And like mm-hmm. that is arguments for compression socks too to help mm-hmm. with like
0: working out (laughs) it's like oh no (laughs) the slippery slope is slippery (laughs) it's a this it gets more slippery and slipperier yeah i don't know i guess like Let's talk about like the most common types of shapewear, the things that we were taught in that in that beautifully um, (laughs) described Shaper Mint ad that you were talking about. Right. So like shorts or like um, how the definition said girdle. But, you know, like something that you're wearing over your midsection or your like booty and thighs Mm -hmm. um, uh, that I feel like is the most common type of shapewear. And I think that it's like, I actually think this is sort of a divisive topic. And I, I know like, for instance, at the shop, we don't buy shapewear for a variety of reasons, but people might like ask about shapewear when they're in store and always feels like an apologetic, like, what do you think about shapewear? Mm -hmm. You know? Um, and I think I go back and forth. Like, I think the way shapewear has been marketed to us us is almost exclusively fat phobic. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that when you are concerned with shapewear, it's usually because you're concerned with how something is flattering or not. And that's hard. Um, And also, I think that we have full, you know, opportunity and possibility to make our bodies look however we want them to look. And I think it's sort of like... Okay, well, person A, you might shit-talk shapewear, but, like, the shape of your body is different than person B. And so if person B wants to achieve the look that that dress has on you, they might have to use something else to, like, make their body look that way. And if that's the look they're trying to achieve, I'm not here to say yes or no. You know what I mean? Like, they can do what they want to do. And to make that happen, they might need, as the definition described, a foundation garment to, like, make things look a certain way. Well, isn't that just, like, bras, too? Like, in a big way.
1: Like, in a big way. And also, I just think it comes down to, like, what helps you feel comfortable. And, like, comfort being pretty... Uh, like obviously not a fixed thing, right? Like, is right, it me right. just feeling like I'm held in or like I'm not going to flash everybody if I'm wearing that, right. right? Like a lot of people I know started with shapewear and then they just realized that they needed to wear shorts underneath things. Right.
0: And I think that's how I am too, actually. Like I I still, I well, and this is maybe um, a style tip, everyone. Ooh. If I do wear shapewear, I usually just try to get a size up because I like the like smoothing, cooling fabrics. I think it like works really well like to protect my thighs Um, but I don't want to feel like I'm like you know I don't know doing cardio taking it off right so I want it to be a little bit um, more comfortable and to for me to achieve that I usually have to size up a bit but I I too like you mentioned end up wearing shorts a lot but here's the thing I wear shorts that come up to my natural waist and thus I'm creating a bit of a shape with what I'm wearing so one might argue that the way I wear bike shorts is in essence, shapewear.
1: Yeah. I also – so something that popped up when you were talking about shapewear earlier about like rebranding, like mm-hmm. let's talk about Skims for a second.
0: For real. Yeah.
1: And also like – also like let's talk about Spanx for a second. Like that was one of the first like well-known broadcast women CEOs that I remember. And just she like, still
0: is. Sarah Blakely is known. Is yeah. Is Known. And
1: it's all because of shapewear. And now you yeah. have Kim Kardashian coming in and, like, mm-hmm. making skims partnering with Fendi. And, mm-hmm. I, like, it's interesting how, you know, all these things, whether that be, like, compression socks or shapewear, all these things that have been always looked at, like, as shameful or something that you have to do in order to wear other things are now being brought to the forefront mm-hmm. and being, like, yeah. marketed in a fun way. It's like mm-hmm. – okay but still (laughs) yeah i see what you're doing and i am here for like us to not be ashamed of things but also like oh you're just trying to get my money too at the same right
0: it's really hard can i share something that kind of tangentially no it actually really relates a lot but we're gonna have to go away to get back okay in the feminist film magic mike double (laughs) xl The feminist seminal (laughs) classic. Truly, I think I've mentioned this many times. I love that film. I do think it's a feminist film. And I have, I've said before, but like, I felt like when I was in that movie, I was like, oh my God, you had a focus group of people to run ideas off of. And that focus group was just me. It was clones (laughs) of me. Because so many things spoke to me in that movie. But at the very end, there is like this plus size person who comes up on stage or like interacts somehow with like one of the guys as they're doing this performance and everyone's like having a good time it's like very fun and she's a skirt on and for a second how the camera moves you see that she has shorts shorts on underneath her skirt and i have never been so seen in a film i was just like you are me i am you magic mike double xl you've done it again (laughs) Oh my God. but i think when you were talking about how like things have become like more normal more mainstream less shameful like that made me think about that and yeah. I mean, maybe that's just it like wear what you want do what you want be thoughtful about the way people are marketing things to us and like the histories these things have um and also yeah do what feels good for you right
1: right but it does feel discoursey and dirty with like
0: you know. Oh, yeah. And also, if you're the power of plus, maybe don't don't collaborate with them. <laughs> that's just a side note. This is a, just our opinion. Just our opinion. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and that's it, folks. We've reached the end of our last interview episode
0: of season four of Matter of Fat. As we go on, Quanteria, okay. we'll remember <laughs> not all come on, Saraya. the times we <laughs> yes, please, had sweet. together. Please keep singing. And as going. our lives change <laughs>
1: from whatever, yes, there it is, there it we is. We'll still be <laughs> friends, friends forever. Let me so talk la, about, la, la, about la, the rest la, of our la, lives. Where are we going? Okay, please. this is Rain it in. Okay, I don't know if oh. <laughs> this is an occasion that requires a vitamin C graduation <laughs> throw back but yes this is our
0: last interview episode of the season and we'll be back with our final season four episode in two weeks we will till then if you want more from us you know where to go you can find us on instagram at matter of fat pod or on our website at www.matteroffatpod.com on our website of course you will find show notes transcripts info about matter of fat links to all of our socials access to older episodes and more
1: including like when you, when we always say and more, what is that more that includes info about our (laughs) Cash. cash. if you love the pod and want to send some monetary support our way, get into our fat cash. We're on Venmo at, at matter of fat pod, and you can find more info about fat cash on our website.
0: Here in the outro we do shout outs, but this week we don't have any fat cash or Apple reviews. Um, but we'd love to share your name right here in two weeks if you're able to support us in either of those ways. Yeah, especially since it's the last episode of season
1: four. Yeah. Um, okay. Also, I have a question for you. Not you, cat yes? for the people. Oh, okay. Yeah, the people. No, this, is, this is me directly. We have a the question. Audience. Yes. How do you feel about merch? Like, would you like to have some matter of fact merch? And if so, like, please let us know. We're toying with the idea and would like your feedback, friend.
0: Yeah. We need to know what y'all want because we don't want to make it if you don't want it. But if you want it, we need, we'd like to know you want it
1: so we can make it. So maybe. we can make it. <laughs>
0: maybe. Or maybe not. Maybe. I, don't I don't know. Very noncommittal, but we're curious. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, we will catch you all next time in a chatty fat dish to close out season four as a matter of fact.